It's 11.05, or 6, actually, on WSIC <laughs> News Radio. When you're listening to We're Just Saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David, I'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We're also streaming live on the WSIC News website, the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, formerly known as X, LinkedIn. We are not on YouTube because we are back in YouTube jail. YouTube jail. Back in YouTube jail uh, for uh, what? I'm not exactly sure. I will still blame Representative Jeff McNeely because I always feel like it's because of something he did. <laughs> So we'll just go with that. I don't know if that's the truth, but I'm going to go with it. But Senator Sawyer, how are you this morning? Much better. Much I'm better. I'm glad we had we had a number of our listeners, which we have listeners. We, it is oh, confirmed good. Good. because I um, had a number of them uh, ask me uh, regarding our show a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um, because uh, we talked a little bit about how you seemed out of breath and everything like that. Bit of a health scare after that yeah. uh, coming in on Sunday. So why don't you update everybody? You are good now, though, right? So I didn't see the... <laughs> light, but I was had a one in three chance of seeing it. Well, so, yeah. I'm glad you beat the odds. <laughs> I, me too. Me too. Yeah. So rem- I, me- I remember walking upstairs uh, that Friday and I was like, gosh, I've got to take a breath. And, you know, I couldn't catch my breath. I was, um, and I listened back to the show and I could hear that not only could I not breathe, I couldn't really formulate my thoughts because obviously I was deprivation of um, oxygen. So I finally took myself to the urgent care on Monday morning. And um, for all the times that I was ever been frustrated with an urgent care for not getting me in fast enough. Now I'm actually grateful for those times <laughs> because they were very urgent with my care. Were they? Yeah. <laughs> so the other times I really wasn't that sick, but this time I was pretty sick. So, um, yeah, I ended up hospitalized, uh, for about three days and thankfully made it through. I had blood clots in my lungs, which was a reaction to a medication that I was taking. Um, so for those of you who... It wasn't just because I take your breath away. No. It was, it, that was not the reason why it was, it, there was a medical, there was an underlying medical condition. Sometimes your undying love for Nikki Haley takes my breath away, but that's a different thought. So but so I, obviously, you, obviously your brush with death did not yes. take away your jealousy no. of, of my, uh, my love of strong women in leadership, but okay. Okay. I, well, you know, it was a great time to, um, you know, reflect on life choices and uh, an opportunity to hit a reset with my health. And I'm excited to move forward and I'm coming back meaner and badder than ever. <laughs> well, I know that I am thrilled that you are okay. Because uh, I, I remember how I found out because you kept it a little bit of a secret texting you about, I guess it was uh, uh, actually if you were in Raleigh or something and you'd be like, nope. And you sent me the picture of your computer in your hospital bed. And I was like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is new information. I know you're not just hanging out there. And so you finally informed me, but very happy that you're okay. Very happy that you're back here with us on the show. Yeah. It also put it in perspective too, because I had someone who had been asking for an interview in regards to the High School Athletic Association, which I've been very open in interviews. And um, so I sit there laying in my hospital bed and I don't want to tell this random person who I don't know that, you know, I'm sick. And so um, I just kept on politely saying, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Senator Johnson is handing this. And they started just shaming me and told me I was an attention monger and I do a radio show and then I'm too afraid to talk to them. And then, <laughs> then they went on Twitter and was like, you're a terrible person because you won't talk to me. And meanwhile, I don't even know who these people are. They don't have their, and we're going to talk about this later because our friend Brian Lewis did something I really admire. But, you know, if, if you're on Twitter or a Facebook and you are identifying as a group or an avatar or, you know, you won't put your real name and your real 
picture and stand behind your stuff, I have no respect for you anyways. I yep. mean, I just don't. Well, I mean, and that's and that's the funny thing about it, right? Is like you know, I, I always uh, always refer to it as keyboard courage, where you know you you have the cloak of anonymity on a social media platform, and you just love or or an email address that is you know you know um, super voter three two three at gmail dot com. You know, nothing that that identifies you whatsoever. Uh, it gives you, I guess, you have a feeling of carte blanche to say all, any and all nasty right. things to someone, and you never know someone's situation. You don't know who the person is that you're talking to. They don't know you. They don't know what's going on, but they choose to throw vitriol and, hor- you know, hor- say horrible things about you. Yeah. Um, you know, speaks more to uh, their character than anything else. But to do that, you know, while you're in the hospital, it's like, and I think anybody who listens to this show, anyone who follows Twitter, anyone who has spent any time around you knows you don't shirk from interviews. You don't search from answer- answering hard questions. You are more than happy to do it uh, when you have confidence in your platform. And these people obviously don't know who you are to think that you're you're ducking the almighty whoever they were from whatever on behind, Twitter. Behind their avatar and fake name. Exactly. On, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, guys, I spend tons of money advertising who I am and standing up behind my beliefs. And that's called an election. And I'm accounted for my um, actions and for my beliefs every two years. I am, and a lot of politicians are absolutely epitome of being out there with our opinions. And I'm definitely in the forefront of that. So I do not hide from these type of things. Now, maybe I'm in the hospital with blood clots in my lungs <laughs> and I can't actually hold a conversation because I can walk less than five feet um, and and double over because I can't breathe. I mean, there's always that. There is always that, <laughs> yeah. And in those situations, but honestly, that's not a good excuse. You that, really, you should still be doing interviews. You still yeah. should be taking these things on. So come on. I should have done that. I should have done it with my hair all messed up, like usually I am on this radio show, <laughs> and um, in my hospital gown. And I will the, say you're the, less disheveled today than normal. Dude, I'm a, I'm a new woman. <laughs> <laughs> I am a new woman. You know, me and God have been talking a lot lately. Yeah. Well, the, the, br- the brush with mortality will do that. Yes. Um, but, but, uh, but, you know, some, but, but now, did he talk to you at the same time that he told Mark Robinson to have his uh, um, uh, email kidding. and uh, everything? I, I'm just curious because a lot of people got that email. Even my, my uncle in Florida got that email. About uh, what? About Tell that, everybody what you're talking about. So uh, an email went out from Mark Robinson that I, uh, I assume was a fundraiser. So, and Mark email. Robinson is the current lieutenant governor. Lieutenant Governor, governor also, running for uh, running for uh, governor, yeah. um, and it said, you know, God told him to send this email, and I'm not making light of that, but but it just it came across a little bit wow um, when it came through, and even my uncle from Florida, <laughs> who actually uh, periodically listens to our show, oh, um, hello, uh, uncle from he sent me a, a screenshot of it, and he said, hey, he goes, um, was I supposed to get this? <laughs> and so, and I was like, well, yes, you are a Republican, you are on some kind of list somewhere, but you know, obviously, but you know, obviously, I, I have long believed that the Republican Party is the party of the of the Lord. But I'm, I joke, I joke. I don't believe there's political parties for just God. Just the good Lord. Just the good, yes, yeah, yeah, just, just the, the good, good one, right? But it was just, but you know, you talk about that and it's like, and I got that email. So obviously, you know, a lot of talking to God going on these days inside <laughs> yeah. the Republican Party. Well, my conversations with God were more about, um, Vicki, stop eating so much. Vicki, drink more water. Vicki, make sure you exercise more or you're going to come see me sooner than rather than later. Sooner rather than later. So yours was a constructive conversation. 
conversation. Yes, yes, yes. I, did, I chose not to send an email out about that. Yes, <laughs> I appreciate you not. I'm talking about it on the radio, so I guess that's mm-hmm. probably the same. Well, but I think your health is more important than anything. But I, I and honestly, it, one of the things I always appreciated about you is you your transparency with the the voters, with our listeners. You really are an open book about these kind of things. Sure. And I know that there were people who had concerns uh, from our show and everything like that. So I'm Thank glad you. that you're better. I am glad that you were here, obviously from a friendship standpoint, but also, you know, carrying this show while I am fully, fully capable, <laughs> as the ratings showed when I flew solo a couple of That's weeks ago, um, you know, I still prefer to have you here. Okay. I still prefer to have that banter and being able to fill that space with something other than just my voice. Though uh, the, dulcet, the, the dulcet tones of David Fry from Studio C, Studio Coble is obviously something dulcet. that people want. Yeah, I, I still prefer to have you You just here. broke out with dulcet tones of David. I did. That. See, I am a, I'm a, I am a veteran of the airwaves now. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> a lot of people talk to me about being on the radio and I said, it really isn't a, a skill. It's just, I have a really good ability to fill dead air. Oh, so okay. it makes, so it makes me a, a commodity in the radio world that I can fill dead air when people, when the person people really want to listen to is there. Oh, you're sweet. Well, we are going to ready to go to a break, are we not? Yep, we are. We'll be right back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer. Live to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News uh, website, uh, Facebook, Twitter for X, formerly known as Twitter, LinkedIn, but not YouTube, as we talked about at the top of the show. We are back in YouTube. We are oh. not. We're not. The, the, the station, station is. is. And, and like I said, are, we are going with the uh, we're going with the uh, theory that it is Jeff McNeely's fault. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I figured you would have a problem with no, that. No, not a bit. Not so, a bit. But real quick, I had said, I had as we were talking about during the break, um, before we get into uh, all the uh, veto overrides. Representative Virginia Fox. Oh my gosh! From our, you know, from you know, uh, from our our general area, yes. obviously, Congresswoman Extraordinaire true force of nature if you really yes. want to if you have ever met a representative fox you know that she is an absolute force of nature amazing representative for her district and mm-hmm. and for the people in congress but saw a great uh, made some news this week on, uh, across the twitterverse <laughs> for uh, apparently that uh, some reporters were blocking her elevator and she was not pleased about it and basically told him you know find someplace else to talk i got to get the elevator get out of the damn way <laughs> and so she did. And, and that is I, I think i don't think that will get us an FCC jail by me saying that, but she did. And the, it, what was so funny is they're like, oh, we're sorry, Representative Fox. Yeah. We're sorry. Like everybody getting out of her way. And because they know, do not mess with Representative Virginia Fox, yeah. as that video shows. But she is a fantastic representative. She is. So go <laughs> check that out on um, Twitter because it is absolutely funny. That'll be you in about 30 years. Oh, no. <laughs> People's going to, somebody's going to be blocking your elevator in the State House <laughs> or in the halls of Congress. You hey, never if I know. make it up there, I'm going to be the one inside the press gaggle, not outside. Oh, really? See, you like that? I uh, do. Well, like like, well uh-huh. done. You'll be in yeah. the middle of it. No. Yeah, yeah. I won't be on the outside. Yeah, no. I, I have a feeling that you that, that you would be uh, you would follow the path of uh, Representative Fox and be like, hey, get out, get get away from no, my elevator, move I'm out of my way. way. <laughs> I'm not that way. Well, but give yourself time. Yeah, <laughs> give yourself okay, time. maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but in spite of the health scare, you yes. were doing the people's business down yes. in Raleigh this week. Yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, election map drawing, yeah. uh, but also veto overrides. Yeah. So I wasn't cleared to drive yet, so I rode the North Carolina train, and I do want to. Give a shout out to Amtrak and and North Carolina Department of Transportation. They do a great job with that. So if you're in Charlotte, you can go from the Charlotte region, um, uh, a train station, uh, Kannapolis, and also Salisbury. You get on there, and three short hours later, later in a great ride, you're in Raleigh. And the reason also I mention that is 
they have a special stop for the North Carolina State Fair. Really? So if you don't want to drive to the State Fair, but you've always wanted to go, then you can get an Amtrak ticket and they will drop you off at the very front of the fair. So you don't have to worry about parking or any of that stuff or the long drive. You can ride up for the day and ride back. So I think our family is going to do that actually this weekend. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, we, um, uh, my uh, my kids were always big fans of the um, North Carolina Train Museum down there towards Spencer. Yes, yeah. I know the Amtrak, I think, runs right through there, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, along the rail through there. Um, and I know it's a really cool ride. And um, so a uh, great shout out for uh, for train. I, yeah. I, I was in Florida uh, this past weekend uh, for a uh, daddy-daughter trip. Uh, me and a buddy of mine took our daughters down. We did the Universal Disney thing. But they have the Bright Line down there in Florida, okay. uh, which is um, basically a, a pretty fast train that will take you from Miami, I think, all the way up to Orlando, Tampa, Orlando, and everything okay. like that. So um, I've, I've actually been... I have... I have, I am a driver. I prefer to drive. Sure. I like being in control of my own destiny, but I have found myself as I've gotten older, more intrigued by riding the rail. So yeah. I might, I might take, I might take the Amtrak, take the family on the Amtrak yeah. down to the fair in a couple of weekends. You should. Uh, Cause I think that'd be fun. Yeah, you should. So the fair runs from October, I think 12th through the 22nd. Um, so make your plans and go up there and enjoy and see. My favorite part is always seeing the largest pumpkin that was grown in North Carolina. I can't recall which farm did it, but it was over 600 pounds. And so you see a pumpkin that is 600 pounds in front of you. I don't know if you've ever lived. And so you need to go live at the North Carolina State Fair. And so uh, they have amazing food, a great agriculture. It's just a- But now that you've turned over your new leaf, some of those fried things you're going to have to steer clear of, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. No funnel cakes, fried no, Oreos, no, fried Snickers for no, you. No, none of that for me. But we did turn over a bunch of leaves or a bunch of vetoes this week. Very, which one? Well, did you like the highly, segue? Highly pro Radio Pro transition um, there, Senator. I tell well you, played. I, I'm clear. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm almost able to breathe. I'm about 80%, so I'm good. But yeah, we did. So I did ride the train up to Raleigh, and we were there on Tuesday to override a bunch of vetoes. But I'm going to tell you, we'll talk about some of these in a minute, but you know what I thought was most interesting about it? What? Is you could really tell that the Democratic Party's lawyers had written their speeches. Really? I really... No, I, I... Okay, that is me. I did not get proof or understand. So that's, that's actually... But... They were very specific, like before when they have floor debates, like the they will, you'll see their caucus and they'll talk and some will, you know, and it seems like you can tell that they've written their stuff or they'll go on and on and on about things. But, you know, the the bills that we were um, vetoing are, oh, Mark Elias has already said, we're going to sue you. Um, election law changes, which was Senate Bill 747, Senate Bill 749, no partisan advantages in elections. So Mark Elias always on Twitter going, North Carolina, I'm coming after you. Oh, so, yes. so to me, I didn't even, I, I had not even been paying attention to that Twitterverse because I'd just been sick. So I was sitting there and I was listening to each bill and there was only one represent or one senator that talked about it. They all had it typed out on a paper. It was very deliberate. And I was like, oh, you guys are setting up for the lawsuit. Okay. That's oh, laying, the gra- laying the groundwork for the lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. Sue till blue. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, okay, well, at least I know it will be a concise speech and it will be over <laughs> soon, which it was. But yeah, so 
one of the things, and I believe lawsuits already been filed, is election law changes. So these are in um, a lot of response to things we'd heard from our constituents about the last election that were very concerning. Um, one of them was a COVID area thing, where era thing or rule that came down from the Board of Education that allowed all this time for absentee ballots to be accepted after the election day. Well, we've all paid, played sports before. If you score a basket after the buzzer, yeah, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It just doesn't count. David, you and I have been at elections when the polls close. If you get there after the poll closes, it doesn't count. It doesn't. And so this is saying if your ballot is arrives after election day, it doesn't count. That's it. So controversial. So controversial. (laughs) So controversial. The idea that your ballot can't arrive, you know, three days after you, everyone knows what the final result was. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible rule. Horrible. But, you know, if you know that it has a, a, you know, a deadline, then I'm sure you will get it in before that deadline, you know? I think, and we may have talked about this before, I have always found it interesting, the desire of some in the Democratic Party to make a uh, lack of planning, lack of responsibility, um, you know, yeah. lack of efforts, um, you know, to accommodate to those things, right? We all, ha- you know, when you have a job, there is a time that you're supposed to show up. There is a time you are supposed to leave. Mm-hmm. When you have bills to pay, those bills are due on a certain day, right? They We we live our lives on a time frame and mm-hmm. on a schedule. And voting, why is it that voting should be different? Why is, I mean, if I had my way, we'd vote on election day. Me too. And, and we'd, Me too. you'd have only a voting on election day, you have only um, absentee ballots, and those must be in on the day of the election. If I had my way, that's the way I would do it. Because because I've always felt like that voting is a responsibility that you set aside time and you do it. The longer drawn out it is, the more opportunity there is for, you know, potential malfeasance. But regardless, we live our lives on schedules and we are a people of responsibility. Mm -hmm. If you cannot get your vote in, by election day, if you can't get to the polls to vote, and even today, mm-hmm. early voting is now what fourteen days, 17. seventeen days before an election. If you cannot find time within that seventeen days to vote, then you know what? You probably got no business voting. Again. Well, and let's take that line from Democrats, which really surprises me, especially because they use the same excuse for this as well as for voter ID. And what they're basically telling people: you're too stupid if you're. If you're a Democrat, you're too stupid to, A, get a valid ID, and B, show up on time to vote. How demoralizing is that? It's yeah. like, come on, guys. Like, give your you know constituency a little credit. They, I mean, they are not like, <laughs> they're not too stupid to do these things. I mean, you know what I mean? They, they but if do you're it in Chicago every... and you're dead, then, you know, that's oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dead people in Chicago, they, they get a pass. I would just be so offended if my party was looking at me and saying, oh, honey, don't worry about it. I know you're just too stupid to show up on time. <laughs> and especially with that accent. Don't you if like that? If they were going to say it, they would oh, say honey, it exactly that way. Oh, honey. Darling. <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your heart. I just know you're too dumb to get to that polling location on time. You know what? Let me just fill this ballot out for you and I'll mail it in. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's that, really what, that's just a kindness. It's, it's just, just a out kindness. of kindness of my heart that I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make sure those mean old guys down there are going to accept your ballot. Exactly. So there you go. That's so how we do it. Apparently, my Southern accent, uh, when I kick it up, is a, a Democratic lady who 
It uh, must blesses be. everybody's heart. Or when you talk about my hometown of Candler. That's right. you, you love to hick it up when you talk about my hometown, <laughs> <laughs> as you made a habit of. But y'all over, uh, you also had some uh, yeah. overrides of uh, the Board of Elections appointments. Yeah. So remember, guys, uh, the Board of Elections, it always follows the governor. So if the, now the governor is Democratic and has been for a long, long time, then he has the ability to appoint the Board of Elections and even in every county. And every county, even though we have a Republican gen- General Assembly, has Democrat Board of Elections. And we've saw some issues with that that came through, especially in this last election, um, that there were um, possibly partisan advantages in certain areas that should not have been. Um, So this is just to say, regardless of who's in the governor's mansion, whatever party is in charge, you will have an equal balance of Republican and Democrats on the same level. So you will always have to come to a compromise. If you can't come to a compromise, then it can go to the General Assembly. But I've worked on a lot of boards and they want to make their own decisions. So they will come Mm -hmm. to a compromise. This is very similar to the federal government. This isn't like some new out of the box, new fangled thinking. Um, It is just the, you know, a identifying the same way as others. And actually, I think it's great. So there's no one party that will have an advantage over the other. There's no way to take politics out of elections. There's just not. Mm -hmm. There's no way to have an independent board because the people who appoint them are politicians. So this is just an honest way of saying, you know, Democrats, Republicans, you guys are equal. And the same thing at the local level. Well, and I think people, a lot of people forget about some of the things that Board of Elections have to review, right? We had a situation here a few years ago where our Board of Elections had to review the the residency status mm-hmm. of a candidate who actually was not um, a resident at the time of filing. Uh-huh. But because that candidate happened to be a Democrat, yeah. you know, was that was allowed to continue forward on the ballot. Now, it didn't win, but it it's those types of things that Board of Elections do, and you can't make them have those decisions be partisan. Right, absolutely. So there we go. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News. We'll be right back. Okay, now. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am very excited to introduce our next guest, Dawn Vaughn. Um, she is, now some of you from inside the belt loop in Raleigh will know exactly who she is because she's. you see her every day um, doing her job as a reporter for uh, the News and Observer. She is the Capitol Bureau Chief. Uh, she does and leads the coverage for the legislative and executive branches in North Carolina. She's also an award recipient. She's received the McClatchy President's Award and NC Open Government Coalition Sunshine Award and several North Carolina Press Association's awards. I also hear that one of her favorite awards, though, is reportedly being a lover of all things the North Carolina state budget, and she's rumored to enjoy ornate holiday sweaters, which I may or may not hold against her. <laughs> so I want to welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you so much for taking time today to call in. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And I actually just got a new fall sweater that has leaves and everything on it. So not even just Christmas. <laughs> oh, no, Dawn, Dawn, my madness has to stop. <laughs> I kid, I kid. It's tasteful. It's tasteful. (laughs) Okay, okay. I support you and your independence and loving of these ornate holiday sweaters. (laughs) But so, Dawn, for our our listening audience out of Charlotte, um, you know, I had you on because you report out of Raleigh, but that doesn't mean that that's the only place that has your wonderful work. I mean, you are on the Charlotte Observer too, correct? 
Yes, everything, all state government, politics, everything I cover is goes to our sister paper, the Charlotte Observer, too. Yeah, and, and you have been covering politics for a long time, and we had talked before, and I'd listened to you, your podcast, which is called Under the Dome. I highly recommend you listen to it. You go to um, any of the, um, wherever you get your podcast, you can download it Under the Dome. Um, Dawn is the host there, and she does a great job um, of, you know, communicating what's going on in Raleigh. But you also used to do like local politics for the city of Durham, and now you do state politics. Talk to me a little bit about the difference, or is all just kind of the same? All of us politicians kind of run together. It is different. It's funny. I started, I've been a reporter more than 20 years, and I started um, my career covering local government in a college town. I went to Virginia Tech, so I covered Blackstory Town Council, Christiansburg Town Council, and then I did features for a long time, and then went back to local government. Um, Durham City Hall and local government kind of sort of has like a general cadence, you know, things are planned. It's you, there's the public hearing time. There's this issue. A lot of it's rezoning, that sort of thing. There's a lot of similarities. State government is so different. It's much, I want to say fast paced, but also sometimes it's a lot slower and it's not these weeks of preparation. All the documents on the agenda are exactly the same. There'll be a bill that's out and you've got to read something really complicated that's hundreds of pages very quickly. And so I've kind of had a learning curve when I started on the beat with just learning policy and how it's developed, how it's written, just how the whole process of a, of a bill and that's, that's different than, than the local level. But a lot of people in state government have already worked in local government, both reporters and lawmakers. Yeah. And I know that has to be hard because, I mean, your job is basically to dissect sometimes these 20-page bills with very, very legalese terms. And, and then it's in, your name is in print behind what this bill means. I could imagine the pressure to get it right and how hard that must be for you. It actually it is because... Yeah. People will tell you if you get something wrong and, you know, we're, we're very transparent with any mistakes that we make. There's, um, when I worked for the, the Durham paper, if you had an error in print, the correction ran on the front page. And so you, you take your, um, you know, we hold ourselves accountable too. And then if there's something online that's corrected, um, you know, nowadays, of course, we will let everybody know about it. So there's there's that pressure and just the really just being able to understand everything. And it's it's just taken time. I'm I'm feel like I've got it much better together now. You're talking about the budget, reading the budget than when I first started covering the budget four or five years ago, where it was a lot more overwhelming. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I have why I wanted to have you on the show is because you do have an ability to take very complex things in a very in a timely fashion and explain them to folks who maybe aren't in there every day like you are. And so I, I've, I admire your work and I'm, I'm um, you know, not just sucking up because you're on the radio show. I'm actually legitimately, um, you know, appreciative of, of what you do. But tell me, so you've got this title, it's called Capital Bureau Chief. Like, that sounds mm-hmm. like very important. So um, tell me, what does that mean? And like, what is your day like as a Capital Bureau Chief? Mm-hmm. So that was um, a promotion I had earlier this year. And a lot of it, it's um, kind of how my job changed a little bit. It's, you mentioned the podcast, which I actually just finished recording Monday's episode before before calling in. Um, so Monday's episode, people know, yeah. um, is, it's me, it's Kyle Ingram, which is one of my politics team colleagues. And then our environmental reporter, Adam Wagner, was on talking about a lot of the new laws from these veto overrides um, about the environment and power and that sort of thing. So that's that's what we talk about on the podcast. That's 
um, that's posting Monday. So part of it is that that's my job to, you know, kind of coordinate, plan, host every week. So that's part of the bureau chief role. And then also um, one of my beats in addition to the budget is is the governor. And it's kind of been expanded more to be the uh, legislative leadership. So, of course, that's Speaker Moore, Senate Leader Berger, Senator Blue, uh, Minority Leader Rees in the House, and, and Bell and Newton and, and all of that. And look kind of at the bigger picture, too, because a lot of the way that days of the legislative building can be so fast. And it's like a fire hose of, of information some days. And you don't really take a step back and look at the bigger picture on things. So what I've what I try to do now and part of my job is to is to take a look at what all of this means and the power dynamics with everybody. And it's changed a little bit now with the Republican supermajority versus when it was a, a regular majority with a Democratic governor and kind of look at all how all of that plays out together and, and what it means really for North Carolinians. Yeah, no, I, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's just a, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, I, I get sometimes the quite frankly, some of the bills I see, especially if they're coming over the house, sometimes the same times you guys do. And so I look to all kinds of information sources to get you know, so how I can make a better choice and obviously look towards you. But how do you get those legislators to talk to you? I mean, um, you know, how, how do you just put a camera in their face or do you sit down and talk to them? Or how how is it that you get them to sit down with you and, and have a conversation? Not everybody is as chatty as others. And it's funny with the camera, some some people are like the camera and so I had I had John Belt so our podcast now it's um audio of course and then we started a video element just maybe the past couple months and um I had um majority leader Bell on in the house and he he made a joke about how you know a lot of people like in front of the camera and he doesn't but he was he was fine with it so some people like like being on tv some people like it the fact that you know, since I'm a newspaper reporter, everything is digital. And yeah, we have video in almost every single story, but it's not necessarily them on video in that moment. So some people um, aren't as comfortable. And sometimes it's just side conversations about just the same kind of thing you talk to anybody about all the time. Because we work in this building with, like you you ride the same elevators with everybody. We eat in the same cafeteria. <laughs> and you see people on a regular, for better or for worse, right? We yeah, see people right? on a regular yeah. basis. Right? And so um, part of it is that, it's familiarity. I think that people are more maybe apt to talk after they've seen you for a while or like read, you know, read enough of my stories or, you know, saw that somebody else like they're like, oh, well, Senator Sawyer, you know, she's quoted by Dawn in this. And like, you know, I probably should talk to people. And I mean, your colleague, Senator Perry, the first time we ever spoke was me asking basically for his military record documentation, oh, which yeah. was an awkward conversation. But yeah. it was an election and somebody was questioning his military service. And I said, this is, you know, this is my job. I'm asking you this. And he got me the, the documents. And yeah. that was a, a good way to handle it. Because, I mean, you really should talk to us, right? You represent the, the people and we re- represent the people. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've got a question for you. So if I follow you guys on Twitter, the press corps, and that means all the press, and I hear that uh, you used to have better offices, and now now you're down there in that beautiful cafeteria that may or may not serve mystery meat. <laughs> but you have this thing that's traveled with you from both locations, and it's called a foobar meter. And so I've never 
I don't know this. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know the okay. story <laughs> behind like, where did that come from? How long has it been around? And who, most importantly, gets to move the meter? I don't remember. I don't know who made it. It was before my time. I can't. It's been it's been a while. So there is um I had maybe been, I wasn't covering state government, so I had maybe seen the old press room when it was upstairs and when I moved to the basement. And I think um, one of the, I think one of the current press car members had like taken it around and taken pictures of the meter everywhere before they installed it in the, in the basement press room. But it's very, there's a formality to when we move it. So it has to be a, um, there has to be a quorum of the, you know, more or less a quorum of the regulars. There are more people in the press corps than those that are like we're here every single day. Um, so a quorum of who's there and we have to agree by majority. Um, so, you know, there's governance in, there <laughs> in the press room on on what it should be moved to. And so you move the meter. So FUBAR is an acronym that, you know, people can probably figure out its basis, I think was probably during World War II maybe. Um, and it just gives you the status of things at the General Assembly. <laughs> and there's, it goes up to 10, but people who have covered state government a long time, like 20 years level, um, their threshold for how high it can be, they're like, well, no, it's not like it was this year when this happened. Uh, and some of the newer reporters will be like, oh, we've got to move it up. And they're like, no, 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 let me tell you why it's not, we're not at that level. <laughs> and there's usually a, a joke with the number. So yeah. the Twitter account is run by the, pre the press corps president, which I was for two years and passed over to Gary Roberts and AP recently, but I still run the Twitter account. So I don't think anybody knows that, but by the way, I do. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> Um, oh, we'll that's take just a in. picture Th of somebody moving it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> this just in. So, we finally uncovered um, the Twitter account. <laughs> hey, Don, <laughs> um, we do only have a 20 seconds left, and yeah. I don't want people to miss out. How do we follow you on Twitter? Mm -hmm. How do we check you out um, at the newspaper from the last uh, 15 seconds that we have? Okay, really quick. You have to move the FUBAR meter with a tobacco stick. So I'll just ah. say that there's that ceremony to it. Um, so I'm at Don B. Vaughn on Twitter, and I'm moving over to Threads because who knows, like Twitter's future. So I have that pinned at the top of like where I am over there, and I post my legislative building photos and everything over there. But yeah, NewsObserver.com is where all my stories are, and um, all my contact information is on all of those too. So. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to uh, spend some time with us today, Don. So I appreciate yeah, you calling thanks in. thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Thanks. And we will be right back. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, X, formerly known as Twitter, LinkedIn, not YouTube, uh, because we are back in YouTube jail. Thanks to Jeff McNeely. At least that's our story. <laughs> uh, but a great interview with uh, Don Vaughn from uh, the is News, Raleigh, News, News and, and Observer. Observer. Mm -hmm. yep. Charlotte and, and Raleigh. And so um, uh, really great context to uh, hear, especially about the FUBAR meter. But yeah. um, before we... Uh, for the last little bit of the uh, show, uh, one thing did want to bring up. So obviously had the veto overrides, but also, um, you know, in, in you know, we, we're coming about five days off the um, horrific oh, attacks in Israel uh, by Hamas. Uh, the uh, North Carolina Terrible. General Assembly, you all did both in this House and the Senate pass resolutions mm -hmm. um, in, in solidarity and support with Israel, mm -hmm. though um, you would think that something like that would be 
unanimous. You mean the beheading of babies in yeah, their cribs yeah. and using them as a, a human shield? Yeah, you would think yeah. you would think that something like that would be something that could completely cross partisan lines sure. that we would not have issues with. And obviously, you know, at the federal level, there is um, you know certain uh, people inside of Congress, the squad, as as they like to affectionately refer to themselves as, that cannot bring themselves to condemn anything uh, related to those attacks. But it, it really surprised me. In North Carolina, we had about mm-hmm. five Democrats walk mm-hmm. on the um, on the Hamas Israel or the uh, resolution in support of Israel mm-hmm. that you all did in the General Assembly, which frankly shocked me. Mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, I really, I mean, even with partisan divides in North Carolina, I, I get it at the federal level because, uh, quite frankly, there's some quacks that get elected uh, to the federal level just by uh, just, they just do. Mm-hmm. But in North Carolina, I was really surprised to see some Democrats walk on that resolution. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, now in the House, this, I mean, the Senate, um, the the three that did not sign the. Um, resolution and support of Israel and this heinous, heinous acts that were done. It's just horrible. Um, Senator Julie Mayfield, Senator Greg Meyer, Senator uh, Mustafa Muhammad, oh, and Natalie Mur- Murdoch, there were four. Um, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't sign, and, and I didn't ask them, so I don't want to report on that. Um, but at least they sat there, right? They didn't make a stink. They didn't do anything. But on the House side, they actually got up and walked out. Like as to show that they were disgusted by that. And I I don't understand how, even if if you, okay, first of all, I don't understand how you could disagree. But secondly, if you are going to disagree, how could you be so callous as to cause attention to yourself and away from folks in Israel by standing up and making a spectacle? Like shame on them. That's that's horrible. You know, and I think a lot of times people joke um, a, a little bit, and rightly so, sometimes about the formality and the decorum um, that uh, are, are exercised. You know, in in both federal house and senate, and, you know, and also at the state level. You know, um, you know, you have to have a tie when you're on the floor, yeah. things like that, yeah. addressed appropriately. Of course, in the senate now, you can wear a uh, at the federal level, you can wear a hoodie and shorts uh-huh. uh, for uh, jo- uh, for Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania. But you know, but List, having a resolution passed in solidarity for people who have been victims of the worst massacre of yeah. Jewish people since the Holocaust, to have a problem with that so much that you get up and walk off the floor um, is staggering to me. Yeah. And it, it shows that – I mean, really how far I think many um, many folks who find their way into positions of leadership have gotten from any sense of, uh, you know, any sense of, you know, compromise, any sense of, you know, really just, I mean. Human decency yeah, human at decency that point. At that point. Yeah. It, it really is. And so, I mean, seeing that, I mean, and still no comment from North Carolina Democratic Party on it. Um, you know, several comments on the Twitterverse about yeah. lawsuits um, and Indigenous Peoples Day, um, but yeah. nothing about Israel and Hamas. And yeah. And I, I simply don't understand it. It, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. So to my friends who are Jewish and identify as Democrat, I welcome the Repo- I re- welcome you to the Republican Party. Um, if your party is not going to stand up for you like we did in North Carolina to admonish this horrific thing that happened um, with the killing of innocent lives, um, remember, it was the Republican-led General Assembly who stood up for you, and it was not one Republican who walked out on you. So yeah. I welcome you. Absolutely. I welcome you to our Absolutely. side. I welcome you. Big tent. <laughs> but but, but um, there's no way to do a smooth transition from that to anything else, so I'm just going to clunkily try to get through it. Yeah, no, I mean, and we were referring a little bit to the Twitterverse, but we still, still do have our segment on here each week yes. um, for Rated X, um, which is your um, the the 
standing reading of mean tweets directed at you yes. um, on uh, on Twitter. But I'm, I'm okay. I'm, as we develop this segment further, I am enjoying expanding the scope. And so today is another expansion of the scope. So I will communicate one mean tweet that was it at me. It is your show. It is your show. Okay. Well, but, the, but you know, I am a rule follower. <laughs> I am a rule follower. And we said I was going to be mean tweets at me, but you know, I mean, tweet that the last time we did this segment, I talked about my mean tweet out. So that was an expansion of the rules. Oh, yeah. And we're going to expand the rules a little bit today. Like I'd mentioned at the beginning of the show uh, by a friend who actually is called into the show, Brian Lewis, but I will give you my, my one mean tweet back at me. Ready? Okay. okay. My tweet. I'm humbled to announce that I've been named the tw- one of the tw- 2023 Legislator of the Year by North Carolina Values in recognition of my leadership on the Fairness in Women's Sports Act and the Parents' Bill of Rights. Well, congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. Huzzah! 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 And there's a picture of me and the representatives from that group. So uh, I'm sure this is a real name, Nunya Bidness. <laughs> uh, absolutely. There's no way in the world that's a fake yeah. name. That's 100% <laughs> real, accurate, find a social security number and everything. Yeah, Nunya Bidness uh, tweeted back, plaques for hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Plaques for hacks. Yes. Well yes, done. Yes. Well done. You know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't understand why these people want to keep an, an- anonymity with pith like that. It's like, you know, come on, identify yourself, stand up, take a bow for this yeah, kind of quality. I mean, come that's on. quality stuff it right It is. There. That's good stuff. Come on, none your business. Plaques what? for hacks. Yeah. That's fantastic. But this, but in that same vein, when we're talking about these folks who are like none your business and all these other, like, We'll call them trolls. People who, like we talked about at the beginning of the, like you have a Twitter account in your picture and your name on there. Uh, it is actually, I think as a matter so. of fact. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, the one that you have. The one, the one, the, the one only picture. one that you have. The only picture. The only have? Twitter account that you have. I only have one. Twitter you sure you're account. not none your business? I am definitely not none your business. Okay, I was if, curious. If I, look, if I was going to create a, a a fictional account to attack you with, it'd yeah. be far more creative than oh, that. Oh, okay. I mean, honestly, and maybe that should be a game. Maybe I should create some <laughs> fictitious ones and see which one you can pick out, or if that's really me or not. <laughs> you should make it Nikki Haley. <laughs> I should, no, Nikki Nick- ha- Nikki Haley would never do things like that. Okay, okay. She's she's a wonderful individual person. I'll never. Why you got to bring her into this? <laughs> She's never mean tweeted at you. No, she hasn't. But she did email me today. Well, it's probably because she thinks you're awesome. Yeah, she thinks my money's awesome. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is goes uh, someone who called into the show, and I was actually surprised because he's always like you know in the middle. But I agree with him on this. So in 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 the same vein of talking about the Israel and Hamas issue and um, and admonishing those people who actually walked out and made a spectacle of themselves, uh, Brian Lewis is at New Frame Inc. Um, he just he actually quoted something I've said for a long time. If you're explaining, you're losing. Um, he said the refusal to sign, sponsor, and vote for a bipartisan resolution and letter supporting Israel was just wrong. Um, so the, he got all kinds of like crazy emails back. But this is my favorite response. I actually texted him, told him I loved it. He goes, I don't engage trolls. Have the courage to put your photo as your avatar and your name on your account, and you may get a response from me. This will be our last engagement until then. <laughs> I was like, so proper. Well- so Done. proper, absolutely. Sometimes the uh, sometimes the best clapbacks, as they like to, as as the kids like is to that say, what it's as the lingo today. I mean, uh, our engineer extraordinaire Bill is one of the young uh, young people. Is clapback correct, Bill? Did I, did I use that accurately? 
Okay, I'm a see. I'm smooth. I'm who down. Are, I'm who down are with you the bingo. hanging out with that actually is man, teaching you I'm new a lingo? I'm a Renaissance man. Okay. Well, I, I spent four straight days with four teenage or three teenage girls and a 21 oh. year old, and so I got to hear all the lingo jargon. And it's as a as a father with daughters, I don't know what they're talking about half the time, and they're speaking English. But it's one of those things where it's like when they start engaging in the 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 lingo, and I'm I'm like, okay, what is that? What what does that mean? Come on, Dad, you know what that means. I, I really don't. I, honestly, I don't. But sometimes the best ones, though, are the ones that are just straightforward, like Brian's, uh, coming back to say, hey, you know what? I mean, I would have just said, hey, you suck. I mean, I don't, I don't care what you have to say. You're garbage. You're a loser. But he came back very politely yeah. about it. It shows, it shows a uh, level of maturity. Yes, it does. It does show a level of maturity that you're saying that you could not demonstrate. Uh, no. no yeah. could not, well, could perhaps would no. Yeah. No. So I'm going to join Brian in his fight against the trolls. I'm not going to engage unless you have your real name and your real um fo- and I can verify who you are. You're not getting a response. So let's play this out. Okay. Somebody's at some point, some anonymous troll, like uh-huh. Nunya Bidna, they're going to come back at Nunya's you. Nunya's coming out. And he's, he's going to say something. He's going to say something that you know is wrong. And you have just the ultimate smackdown to come back and lay on him. And you're like, oh, this would be so good. You're going to say, no, I'm going to leave that on the table. I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can do it. You're going to sit there and go, I want to do this so bad. It would be so good. And then you're going to say, well, he, but he does, he's not a real person. Well, okay. Maybe the before near death experience, Vicky would, <laughs> but now I have grown. I'm a new woman. <laughs> That's going to last a week. You're not going to be able to help yourself. Somebody's going to say something that's just so wrong and so easy. And, you're, and new Vicky is going to be supplanted by old Vicky with a funnel cake. And you're going to be tweeting with powdered sugar on your phone. That's what's going to happen <laughs> with this. A leopard which shall not change her stripes. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe maybe can okay. obscure them a little, so change them outright. Not I, so much. I should do a countdown then, on, or count up on how there many days go. I've gone without incident. On exactly, Twitter. and you are, like, and and I can fo- and I do follow you on Twitter, yeah. so I will be, and I get notifications when okay. you tweet, so I will be monitoring so you. Friday the thirteenth. It is, is Friday. It is Friday the thirteenth. It is. So it's the day that I have vowed to not engage with trolls on Twitter. Yes. Okay. It is now, it is matter count, of public record. So we'll see how many days we go without a workplace accident. Okay. Workplace accident. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, like when you walk we're, into factories and z- they we're say, on zero days we're on, we have had zero <laughs> days without an accident. Okay. We should need, we're going to need to get one of those signs for this studio. I have zero day, I've gone zero days without engaging a troll. That's right. I'm in. Here we are. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to the show this week. Everybody have a great weekend. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.